my friends, and welcome to Worship for July 5th of 2020 here at Carmen United Church. I'm the pastor of this church, Reverend Nick Phillips. I'm so glad that you are here with us this day. Again, I just want to extend the invitation that wherever you are watching, just send us a note. Let us know where you are. Comment on this video. Send us a message through our Facebook page. Send us an email. Whatever way is best for you, just let us know where you're watching from. And let us know, too, if there's any way that we can be praying for you. We would be very happy to do so. God bless you wherever you are as you worship with us today. As we prepare for worship, let us just take a moment to silence our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. Let us pray. Holy God, as we move into these summer months, this is a traditional time for our church of sharing worship with other, with other churches. We thank you that today we can share our worship with, with people from across Canada, from across Nova Scotia, from across wherever we are. We thank you that we're able to invite so many people into our little church here in Cape Breton and that we can all be blessed by your Holy Spirit together. May your spirit be in this service, may it be in our homes, and may it be in our lives. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now that last week we have finished our look at the Sermon on the Mount, we now turn to a new topic for the month of July. Now, here in Nova Scotia and really across Canada, we've started to see a loosening of restrictions that have been related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And as a result, our thoughts have really started to return to what is normal. In the light of thinking back to what was normal just four months ago, invite us to consider this month what God might think of as normal. And we begin this theme by looking at Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 through 17. And it says, This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the heaven, earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, there were, there were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the, other, through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. 
aromatic and resin. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs, runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you do eat from it, you will certainly die. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather around your word for us this day, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm experiencing mixed emotions about the reopening of Atlantic Canada. Now, I'm happy that we're having a little more freedom of movement. I'm happy to see people gathering in larger groups. But at the same time, I'm also cautious. Now, I wouldn't say I'm afraid, but I am definitely cautious. We saw in just the last week how easy it is for COVID-19 to come back into our province. And at the time I'm, re I'm recording this, on Friday morning, three travelers from outside of Canada have come down with COVID-19 in our province. Now, so far, it looks like there's been no spread, which is good, and we hope that is the case going forward. Although there have been some warnings in, put in place for those who may have traveled close to one of the infected. As we continue to relax restrictions and allow more places to open and more people to gather, there is a greater risk of COVID-19 spread. All we need to do is look at parts of, say, the United States. And we can look there and see what it looks like when there's no caution, no, no mask, no, <clears throat> no seemingly no protective measures in place. The, the healthcare systems in at least two states are on the edge. They're on the brink of being overwhelmed. So we want to be careful. We want to protect people. We want to protect people whose lives are at a greater risk when social distancing and other safety precautions are not taken seriously. You know, though, I get it. I get why people are getting weary of all these new rules that we need to be following. We want things to be normal again. We want to be able to see our family. We want to go out and see our friends. We want to go shopping at the mall and try things on and, and not be afraid. We want our kids to go back to school and see their friends and, and be in a, a learning environment. We want to be able to play and, and watch sports again. We want to be able to come to church and, and sing. 
We want to celebrate and mingle with and hug and talk to our church family. We miss them so much. I miss all of you so much. We just want things to be normal again. Is that, is that too much to ask? Over the month of July, we're going to explore what normal was, what it might be in the future, and what God might expect as normal in this world that he has created. So with this theme in mind for the month, I thought a a good place to start would be in Genesis, the first book of the Bible. Now, we skipped over chapter 1, which is the seven-day account of how God created the universe and everything within it. And we jumped in at the, near the start of the second chapter, which is also about how God created everything. In chapter 1, we read on each day how God created some aspect of the world. And then at the end of the sixth day, what did God say about all he created? He said it was good. And now in chapter 2, we hear again about God creating the earth, but in a different way. Notice how God creates Adam in chapter 2. If you remember in chapter 1, God created man and woman in his likeness. In chapter 2, God creates Adam from the dust of the earth. And then he breathes life into his nostrils and Adam becomes a living being. The breath is described, that is blown into his nostrils, is described as the breath of life. And then we read about God creating the trees and shrubs and rivers all in the Garden of Eden. But hear the description of how they were created. In Genesis 2.9, in Genesis 2.9, the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow to the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And then let's look at how the rivers are described in chapter, uh, verses 10 through 14. It says, A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic aromatic resin and onyx are there. The name of the second river is Gahan. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. When you hear rivers described in this way, what do you picture? It says the rivers wind through the lands. They run along the lands. When I read that and hear that, I picture scenes of of rivers that I have seen. I think of some of the waterways that you can see in the highlands when you stop at the look-offs. 
I think of that winding Marguerite Valley and driving along beside it, uh, the, the Marguerite River. I think of the brooks that I used to explore when I was a kid, walking through the woods around my home. I think of the, the various waterfalls that I've seen across our province. This description of God creating the earth in Genesis 2 seems to invite, invoke those kinds of memories, at least for me. Maybe they do for you as well. It just seems to bring to mind the beauty that is available around us each and every single day. It just makes me think of just how amazing this earth truly is. I like following uh, photographers on social media, and they post those just beautiful, spectacular photos of nature, of great forests and oceans and seas and starry nights, the Milky Way. And then there's all the animals, great and small. It just makes you realize just how remarkable this world truly is. At the end of all this creating, what does God do with Adam? Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. When I'm out hiking, enjoying God's creation around me, it really bothers me when I come across the garbage people leave behind. You see empty bottles, empty cans, food wrappers. I mean, they carry this stuff into the woods. Why can't they carry it back out? (laughs) And don't get me started on illegal dumping. When we look all the way back to Adam, God puts us on this earth to work it and to take care of it. It's not even that hard but yet we've done just a terrible job. We, as a human race, we leave garbage all over the place. Our oceans, they're they're filling with plastics. Pollution is overwhelming the earth, choking out entire ecosystems. The Amazon rainforest is still being clear-cut and uh, and burnt at an alarming rate. This This is a forest that we've only just barely touched the surface of the scientific discoveries it may hold. Who knows what is really in there before it gets destroyed. We also, we mine the earth of its minerals and oils, and when we do this, we leave behind just a toxic mess that will be around for hundreds, if not thousands of years. I mean, we, we had a prime example here in Cape Breton, the, 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 the tar ponds. But we, which we must remember, they've not gone anywhere. The tar ponds are still there. We've just simply buried it in, in a concrete tomb. And, and then we put a really nice park on top of it. The cement we've encased it in, it's, it's probably not going to last forever. At some point, we can expect the tar the tarpons to maybe rear their ugly head once again and, and some future generation is going to have to deal with it. 
we've only just hidden it, and we've hidden it temporarily. Now, throughout the process of cleaning up the tarpons, there were other options available. There were options which would have removed the toxins safely, forever. But that process would have taken too long. It might have taken generations. Politicians and other people, they wanted it gone now. And so we buried it and we've forgotten about it. And then we can look at Alberta, which have the oil sands. And the oil sands use a mining process that uses a huge amount of fresh water, more than other mining uh, oil production methods used in the world. And because it uses so much fresh water, it leaves again behind a lakes of toxic messes that future generations are going to have to deal with probably at the cost of hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. We are slowly poisoning and killing the earth. Why? Because people can profit from it. Billionaires, millionaires and billionaires, they get richer. Stockholders get richer. It's all about the mighty dollar. And we've even seen the same response to the pandemic. We need to reopen, we need to reopen the economy. That's, that's been the rallying cry, right? But at what cost? Does grandma need to, to die from COVID-19 so his CEO can buy another private jet to get to his personal private island resort? We've even heard this in Nova Scotia. We have an, an Atlantic bubble so we can get the tourism season started. Why? Because it's good for our economy, and I'm not going to argue that. But that's been what we've been fighting for, reopening the economy. I just pray that we don't pay for it with lives. I pray that we haven't wasted the last four months of doing the right thing to have it blow up in our face this summer. When God put Adam in the garden, did he tell Adam, come and profit from all that I have given you, all that I have created? No, he said, work it and take care of it. Now, one thing Bev and I have discovered this spring is what it really takes to work a garden. At the back of the manse property is what we're told, the remnants of what was once a beautiful garden a place where people would come and take pictures, like prom pictures and, and all of that. But after years of neglect, it had become overrun with weeds and thorny bushes. It took days. It took hour after hour. It took literal blood and sweat and who knows, maybe even a few tears to clear out much of what needed to be dug and ripped out of that garden to make it look halfway presentable. I mean, I, I still have a few scars from those thorn bushes that were less receptive to their eviction notices from the garden. And at the end of all that work, we're starting to see the fruits of our labor as bulbs and seeds that we planted start to, to sprout up out of the earth and will soon be blooming once again. And 
and it will be a garden once again. <clears throat> we are working it and we are taking care of it. And if we continue to do so, the garden will be beautiful once again. We need to be thinking the same way about the earth. God gave Adam a job to do. He was to work and take care of God's creation. So when you think about it, the very first job that God assigned anyone in the history of mankind, humankind, was to be a gardener. To keep the earth as close to pristine as God created it as possible. I am a believer that God has created the perfect ecosystem. Everything here is for a reason. It all has its own part to play, although I'm still not convinced about mosquitoes. God will have some explaining to do on that one. But everything God has created is about balance. God has created everything we need to live on this earth, and he's created enough for everyone. So we need to take care of it. We need to do a better job of taking care of it. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus even tells us when he talks about God's creatures having all that they are, all that they need, that they are cared for. He tells us that the birds of the air have everything they need. Even the flowers and the grass have everything they need in order to thrive. We humans, we're, we're, we're a greedy people. We, we like to think we deserve more than our share. And because of this mindset, we are poisoning our planet and creating a huge imbalance. Is this the normal we want to return to? Or do we want to do better? I think of Halifax Harbor, which not that long ago was full of sewage and waste as untreated sewers were dumped straight into the harbor. It was recommended not that long ago that you don't even touch the water in Halifax Harbor. That's how poisoned it was. When they turned the switch on to their new wastewater treatment facility, there was a faint hope that one day they might be able to reopen their beaches. I remember it. I was living in Halifax at the time. But then something amazing happened. When untreated waste stopped flowing into the harbor, God's natural creation took care of the rest. Within a year, within a year, the water was so much cleaner, they reopened the beaches to swimming. Within a year. The water had cleaned that much. All it took was some work and some care. And God's creation reestablished balance. It brought healing to the land. So what if instead of looking for our own definition of normal, we look at what God has created as normal in the first place? And then we seek to strive to work and to care for the earth as human beings were first instructed to do, all the way back in the very beginning with Adam. The Bible, the Bible is not a fairy tale to tell our kids. 
The Bible is the account of God's work. It is the story of how he created this universe and everything within it as his perfect creation, which is a gift to his children, to us, so that all may be nourished and fed and have life. As we begin to think about what is normal in the world again, may we long for the normal that God created instead of this twisted rendition that we are trying to make it out to be today. Instead of the normal we're used to, maybe this normal that, 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 that breaks God's perfect creation, maybe we should look, at, look to God as to how we can heal it and find our new normal, which keeps the balance as God intended. God created all of this because he loves us. He wants us to to share this love by working for and caring for what he has gifted to us so that this world can be a safe and beautiful place for all his children. Thanks be to God Amen. Would you join me in a time of prayer? Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the beauty of this world you have created. We thank you for the mountains and the plains, for the vastness of the ocean and the sky. We thank you for the, <clears throat> for the fields and the forests, and for all creatures, great and small. What a gift it is to live within your creation. Lord, help us to be better stewards of all you have entrusted to our care. May we be better gardeners in this garden you have built just for us. Just because you love us. May we receive your love. May we know it deeply in our souls. And may we return that love by working and caring for what you have given to us so that it may feed and sustain all who live here. Part of this work is to, is to love our neighbors. And so we pray for those who suffer in our midst. We pray for those who are rejected and, and even taunted by the color of their skin. We pray, O God, that they know love instead of hatred, peace instead of fear. We pray for those who are sick. May they know healing instead of illness. We pray for those who are hungry, God. May they be nourished. We pray for those who suffer from addiction. May they know freedom rather than bondage. We pray for those who mourn. May they know comfort in their time of loss. Lord, we are your children. We are your church. And so we may follow you. May we follow you as our Father and our Savior. May we turn to you in these times for your divine wisdom and and guidance as we learn to take care of this earth and for those who are around us. May we, your church, Be examples of your truth and your love as we seek to serve a broken world in new ways 
not a new normal, but by the normal you have laid out for us through the Scriptures, by the examples of the people of faith held in those words, those passages, and by the example laid before us by your Son, Jesus Christ. May we be true to his teaching, his example, and reflect his love for us and all we do, which is your love. Lord, we turn all of our prayers to you for ourselves, our loved ones, our church, our country, and our world. We take all of these prayers and offer them to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And Lord, we gather our prayers together and say the words that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.